You have to have a certain kind of work ethic. You have to be tough. I mean, I tell people it's elite. Let's be clear. If you're an elite athlete, that means you can take things on a certain higher level. You can withstand the amount of work it's going to take, the consistency to do it when you're not feeling so fun. And I'm not trying to say this is a bad thing, but I was crazy about gymnastics. I would do it all the time, no matter what. And I worked really hard and I kind of did everything around my life to do it. Hey everyone, I'm Pam Jimdar and you're listening to Better Late, the podcast about adult gymnastics. A few days ago, I posted a clip of Simone Biles answering questions about gymnastics myths and someone asked if gymnasts can start later in life. Simone's response was that she started at six, which is considered late. And I posted my thoughts on that. Some people commented that Simone was talking about her own situation, but the person wasn't asking about Simone's specifics. This is an Olympic year, and people, including children, who don't know a thing about gymnastics and its many pathways are paying attention. Somewhere out there, there might be a seven-year-old who now thinks there's no point in even starting. I can't wait for the day when we stop telling people their upper limit. You rarely see it outside of sports. Can I become an actress later in life? Yes, but not if you want to be an Oscar winner. When was the last time you heard that? Something about sports makes people quick to correct expectations. Today's interview is pretty timely, although it was recorded weeks ago. Many of you listeners know that I do believe someone can become an elite gymnast for the first time as an adult, even if they start at 18. I believe it's physically possible and more mentally difficult than anything else. You can disagree with me if you want, but you better have actual facts to back it up, and I won't spend the time engaging in a debate based on opinion or untested theoreticals. But I will have this conversation with an actual former elite gymnast. Wendy Hilliard was the first black rhythmic gymnast to compete for Team USA, and her foundation has opened up the sport to kids in Harlem and Detroit for the last 25 years. Who better to ask than someone who works every day to make the sport more accessible? Just a note. I don't pose this question because I feel more people should strive to be high level. But if you don't break it down and consider what the actual limitations are and where there's room for broader thinking, we'll never move the sport forward. There's no reason why someone who's deemed too old to become great, whether true or not, should be kept from realizing their potential. Getting rid of ceilings isn't about getting everyone up there. It's about making the entire sport open to anyone who wants it. Let's keep pushing the upper age limit until there is none. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I wanted to talk to you about, you know, I have very um, <laughs> extreme opinions on and idealism on gymnastics, but I really wanted to talk to you about like, what does it really take to be an elite gymnast? Because you are a former elite gymnast and you started artistic. You started what would be considered older in the sport mm-hmm. at- and you've coached Olympians. Um, and now you, your foundation was founded on the premise of expanding access to gymnasts because it, on top of how difficult it is, gymnastics is a very expensive sport as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the first part was how do you, how are you an elite athlete or what? What is, yeah, what does it really take to be an elite gymnast? Because for me, I wanted to do gymnastics from like the time I saw it when I was five and in gym taking ballet lessons. And I didn't tell my parents I wanted to do gymnastics. I actually didn't even remember this until recently, but I started ballet. My my dad asked me, do you want to do ballet or gymnastics? And it's so weird that I remember that moment. 
I didn't know what gymnastics was, but it sounded comp. It was hard to say, so I was like, well, I knew what ballet was. <laughs> and I started ballet, but there was a gymnastics. There was they were also taught gymnastics, and I remember like for three years as I took ballet, wanting to do gymnastics, but not telling my parents because they they didn't like when my when we changed our mind about things, even though we were so young. Interesting. Wow. Didn't say anything. Then the 92 Olympics, and I was obviously like excited about it and flipping or trying to flip around the house. So they put me in, but I was only in it for a month. I was nine. And then we had to move. And so by the time I found a gym, we were settled in Virginia. I was 11. Just like never really like I felt like I was going in circles, always frustrated about, um, I didn't know what it was. I just, I took it very personally when I wasn't, um, asked to move to team. Cause I, I was like getting all my skills and other gymnasts were like, it was never even a conversation. Um, and I took it really personally. Cause I, I by that, that age, I'd already experienced racism in my life. I'd had a, a friend when I was seven tell me she wouldn't come to my house because of the color of my skin. I literally remember that. And like, after that, I frame like everything that didn't go well in my life. I assumed it was because of racism. It took me a long time to not think that, to not have that chip in my shoulder. But by the time I was 11, I still assumed there's something wrong with me. Why am I? And then I find out it's because I started after the age of 10. So, so basically by that point, I'd want to be a gymnast for nine years and never. So since then I've, never been able to let it go and still wanted to like really just maximize my potential. And maybe, maybe I'm 37 and I still say maybe because I'm such an idealist. Maybe I will never be an elite level gymnast, but I feel like I have to, before I can admit that, I I personally have to max out every opportunity and really prove to myself that I couldn't do it before I will throw in the towel. I will never say that I, that it's not possible unless I really have, you know, overturned every stone. So that's why I'm asking you, like, if I'm being too much of idealist, I'd love to know, like, as somebody who was an elite gymnast and trains and has trained elite and uh, gymnast Olympians, what are, what are, what are the things that I'm probably glossing over, like all the components of what it actually takes to be a good gymnast versus an elite gymnast? I think the thing that you're glossing over is that it's still quite random. That you can do everything according to the book or that what people say, and you could still not be an elite athlete. So many things can happen. Mm-hmm. Injury, interests. I mean, there are just a lot of things. And I tell people the reason why I do this is because I almost laugh because now I'm around, you know, for the last 25 years, but especially the last, you know years, a lot of parents come in with, with their four, five, six-year-olds thinking they've got these, these most talented kids. And they're like, oh my God, my child's so talented. She's doing it. She's just going to be fat. I'm going to do everything it's going to take for me to make sure she, my baby does gymnastics, you know, whatever. And I just have to step back and say, hold on. Even if we do everything right and she trains with us and she's got the best coaches, she travels, I can't guarantee any of that. It's it the okay. So here's the thing. There's definitely things that make it uh, that know that most things go along the steps, right? It, it's easier if you start younger, only because of your body training, right? But who's coaching you is a huge impact. 
how you're, I mean, these are some, that's, it's a big deal. Let me tell you who your coach is. And then some people have different coaches at different levels. Some people can coach young people. They don't coach older people. Some people can coach elite and they can't coach beginners. There's a lot of a part of when you're coaching. And I just had a long talk with this with a couple of my coaches is that your coach has to kind of keep you enjoying the sport. Like there's a lot of things that you, coaching is extremely technical, extremely technical. You have to do this. So you can do this. That is a given, but the emotional part to keep kids in it for a long time, because you're trying to get kids to compete at a higher level on demand. Like this is the competition. You got to walk out now. You have to hit now. And I know we've been practicing it, but you are required to do it like right now. So that is very emotional controlling. So half of the stuff that you do with coaching is technical. The other half is telling kids that they can do it when they need to do it. That is not an easy gig. And that is what coaches do. So when you say you're an elite athlete, so so you want to be in the best conditions, but it, it's relative. I was in a recreation department. Granted, my coaches were from the former Soviet Union, right? So they were well-trained, master of sport. They they were Russian trained, and they were, but they're in a recreation department, right? And but here's the thing that worked for them, which was kind of interesting. It didn't cost us a lot, but they also were not, they didn't have to, they were paid by the city. So it wasn't against, they didn't have to pick kids that can pay for gymnastics. They can pick kids that wanted to be at gymnastics. So all of us like totally wanted to be at gymnastics. And that's what that, that's what it was built off of, which I didn't realize made us like all of my teammates. We are crazy about gymnastics. We're loving it. We made a national team and traveled the world, did all this stuff. And Zena and Vladimir and Rosa and Mike, we had these four Russian coaches and they were very specific about what they did. They were not really hard, but they were specific. I mean, I say, Zena's like, why do it if it's not going to be good gymnastics? And we had to do ballet. We had to do all the craziness for rhythmic. And I was an artistic gymnast, but we had artistic gymnastics in the gym. We had sports acrobatic in the gym. So we had all this thing. To be an elite athlete, and I tell you, I became an elite athlete. I was on the national team, three world championships for 10 years. My teammate made two Olympic games. I mean, Michelle Baruby made the 84 and 88 Olympics and we trained together and went to. So it's a very interesting thing. But that being said, there were very talented kids that did make the national team mm -hmm. for a reason or two. I mean, and it's a merit. They wanted to stop. They got tired of the practice. They injured and injuries. It's not always injuries just from doing gymnastics a lot, the pounding, the, the repetition. Not everybody's body can withstand that in different ways, right? Different injuries, right? Sometimes it's true. There's certain things that make it easier for you to do gymnastics, mostly artistic gymnastics if you're shorter and your limbs and you're strong on the top and lots of different things. But also some people's bodies just get injured more. I, I was with some teammates who were just always getting injured every like six months. And we were all training the same way, right? Um, and then it's the mental. I don't think people understand that you have to, let me tell you what it does take to be a good elite gymnast. You got to really want it first, okay? Definitely you have to have talent, but every coach will tell you, either you have a hard worker or you have a talent person. The hard worker will always be the talent person. It is true. Over like a long period of time, the talent person will look like, woo. But then after they don't work hard, the coach is like totally frustrated. And the hard worker is just doing this stuff side by side by side. Then they pass them. So you have to have a certain kind of work ethic. You have to be tough. 
I mean, I tell people it's elite. Let's be clear. If you're an elite athlete, that means you can take things on a certain higher level. You can withstand the amount of work it's going to take, the consistency to do it when you're not feeling so fun. And I'm not trying to say this is a bad thing, but I was crazy about gymnastics. I would do it all the time, no matter what. And I worked really hard and I kind of did everything around my life to do it. I have to admit, I mean, people ask me, I went to college, I was still competing. I had to work. I moved to New York after I was in Detroit. I had to you know, support myself and do gymnastics. I took the train to Princeton, New Jersey. And my coach was coaching at Princeton. Me and my girlfriend, six in the morning, get on the train, go out from New York to Princeton, train and come back. It was like the stuff we did. But my life was um, around gymnastics. I went to college. I, I just did my college thing for my son. It was a really big deal. But when I was college age, I wasn't thinking about where I needed to go unless I could do my gymnastics. My parents were like, yo, you got to finish college. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next semester, I want to go to train in Bulgaria. <laughs> so anyway, as I do this and I have, okay, I, I trained an Olympic athlete. Alian started when she was, I don't know, she was, I mean, when she was eight years old. She had talent and we did strategize. She was going to, she had the, she had the, I knew from that she had some of the qualities. She had the right temperament. It was Creed. She wasn't kind of up and down and all over the place. She has a very even keel temperament. She was very coachable because I would know she was going to be going to the group routine, which meant if she could follow my instructions, she can follow other instructions. And I thought that was very important. I don't think people understand the importance of this is that you have to be coachable, not just from your personal coach. It's very rare that you're going to be an elite athlete and never have to be coached by other people, right. like on a national team or Olympic team, whatever. You got to be able to follow instructions. You had to be coachable. My first elite athlete was Naomi Hewitt-Couturier, who was uh, on a national team in rhythmic gymnastics and really high level. And then it was Alian. Alian, um, I really planned her thing. And it wasn't a given, but she there were a couple of things. Alian had a good temperament. She worked hard. She liked doing gymnastics. Her family was really supportive. Her mom was a single mom, and she almost took her out because <laughs> she's like, we need this sport so damn expensive in there. She just thought they were hoarding to it, and she did. Then I had to call Alian's father, who lived in, in, in Switzerland, and say, you know, you know, her mother wants her to quit because it's too expensive. Please talk him down. So you go through this whole thing. And then when you get to elite level, it's a lot of work. So I don't know if I answered the question, but it's not. I, I see what you're saying. There's so many things that are cut down. Now, granted, I'm not a big fan of people saying it can only be this way. Like you have to be 10 when you start because people, it's how you can do it. Mm -hmm. It's how you're able to do the sport, but there are so many factors. How are you going to grow? I mean, it's a big thing in gymnastics. We, we deal with that. Mm -hmm. Artistic gymnastics, you hit the puberty, you do this whole thing. It's a thing. The bodies change. I I've coached Female athletes, and especially rhythmic, my whole team, we would all get our period at the same freaking time. That's how close we were. It was like, I don't know how that worked out. <laughs> it was like, oh, God, because everybody was freaking out. I had all these girls in the gym, but somehow we were working so hard that, you know, our sister, our sister, our cycles got on like the same schedule. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a lot of work. And see, the thing is, you're funny. You've been elite at different things in your life. It just wasn't gymnastics. You know what it is to be elite. You know what it is to be, if you became an engineer, you'd be writing all this whole stuff. There's kind of the same thing as being extraordinary at what you do. 
it takes a certain level of commitment and work. And that's the thing is that like I have pursued many paths. I worked at InStyle magazine and did this and that and like yeah, I, f- I feel like I've accomplished a lot of things that were just very, very, that I didn't necessarily even plan for, but that like other people couldn't have done. But I never, but then like in gymnastics, I just couldn't even, I, I wouldn't even consider myself like an intermediate level gymnast. Like it was just the barriers in that were so impenetrable, it seemed. And I guess like my, my question is, really is like, I know that there are obviously physiological advantages and psychological advantages like the fear factor when you're younger but like let's say you you let's say a 16 year old well a lower example not like a full-fledged adult like a 16 year old walked into your foundation and had a bit of the fear and didn't have like flexibility at that point but really just wanted to learn and let's just say for the sake of it that the getting to the gym every day and paying for the training was let's just keep that at a at neutral and assume that that was taken care of. Cause those are also factors. How difficult would that be to overcome the, the, the advantages of, of youth given like somebody from starting at nine versus like 16. It's hard. It's harder. It's harder. So here's the thing. Cause I'm always a person, I was an, I'm not a traditional artistic or rhythmic gymnast. So I'm, the person asked, why are you in it? You know, I was like the only, when I was competing, I go to Europe and I'd be the only black in the country. I mean, I know what it's like to be different, but here's the thing. And part of it is what you really hit on the head is that we don't have the system in the United States across the board where people can come in and do that one. And my foundation, you can, you can come at 16. We love, we have, when we're full out, we have our class, which is 10 and over. And then we have free adult gymnastics. I always love that group because they so love doing gymnastics, right? They're just like, they're our best group and we do our shows. They're so excited. That's actually some kind of my greatest age that I like to have, that I like to have in gymnastics because they're like crazy about it. And it's the joy of doing it, but they can do it in my program. The, the system, unfortunately, in the United States has gone down. Like you used to be able to walk into a Y or walk into the Sokol or the thing. That's why these other organizations have this setup that are based in Europe where you can go do gymnastics just because you like it, not because you have to be in a certain box. You have to pay this certain amount of money. Um, I personally think the gymnastics shouldn't be that way. So if someone came into my gym, they'd be fine. And we did that for a long time. We had a lot of girls that came in in high school. We had a whole group from the Harlem Children's Zone and Roberto. I never forget. He had this group and they were probably all started with us when they were 14, 15 and 16 years old. They went to tumbling and trampoline but they competed on a national level. I mean, we were just like, went there because the girls were saying, we'd rather be here than out in the streets. The parents were like, oh my gosh, I know where my kids are. (laughs) You know, they're not hanging out doing girly things that they shouldn't be doing. And they really wanted to do it. So the reason you talked about physiological, it is harder. I was not that flexible. I mean, my coach, Lucy Janowska Nixon, who's six foot two from Poland, used to have to stretch the heck out of me. I mean, because it was just harder. Now, I didn't have to do that when I was nine. Your muscles are just, you're, they're easier. It's just easier. You, when you when kids are born, they're totally flexible. Little babies, you mean, whoa. As you get older, you lose that flexibility. And you have to have a level of flexibility in gymnastics to do the skills. And you have to have strength. 
So, and the bodies change. And let me tell you, um, it depends on the gymnastics. I saw some, um, Vera Cheslavskaya was doing, or Cheslavska was doing a bar routine. It was the coolest thing ever, but it was probably like in the sixties and it was cool for then. And it was, she looked strong and she was great, but that's not what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but you, and they probably started when they were 16 or 17 years old. Seriously, a lot of the gymnasts, to be honest with you, back in the day were former dancers that went to gymnastics. People don't realize that. Even back in the day when the gymnasts were older, a lot of them had prior training when they were younger. Most of them came from like dance, right? And that's why they were able to do the gymnastics because their bodies were trained. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess my concern or whatever, I don't know what the word would be, is that and I, I don't mean to like generalize I, so, but, so I'm only speaking from my experience and my perception, but it seems such, such like a fixed mindset because, because I wasn't deemed like on the Olympic track because I was 11 when I started, I really didn't even get to find out like how good I could have become. Maybe, maybe at 11, I might've been able to at least, I don't know, I, I, probably not even at a college level, but I, I don't know, but like maybe at a... Depends on the college. So here's the thing. And, it, and it's a hard thing. I can see for you. It's really hard that <laughs> you didn't have the opportunity to do it. Now, I, for me, it was it was like, you know, gymnastics and my passion and the opportunity all came together. It's almost that way with most of these elite athletes. You have to remember the elite team. They're not that many. They're like 10 on the national team of the whole country. It's like when you're an elite athlete, then it's the pyramid just goes like this. And so it really has to do with so many random things that you are able to stay on your sport. And here's the thing. The elite athletes, of course, have a lot of other really great gymnasts around them that push them to this level. Right. You have to have good competition and good challenges. Um, what you're talking about is partly the the trend that happened kind of after Mary Lou Retton, where things kind of went from community gymnastics to private clubs. And it just, you make more money on the lower level kids and how much time you got to put into it. It was like this, it's this whole thing of private club gymnastics and the model of making money because teams don't make money, just so you know. The competitive teams, even though they're their stars, they cost a lot more. It's the classes that make money. Yeah, sure. You have, yeah. And so that's, the model and if you, you where you were with coaches i think it was just the which which um kind of place you went to which gym and that and that varies widely in the yeah. u.s because we don't have a system a system way like here's one thing though you could have been in another country and they would have said no 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 for sure like you know soviet block they wouldn't even looked at you but you also i also hear stories from a lot of my friends that kind of defied the odds. We even in Eastern countries like or, or Soviet or what countries that, you know, have the ability to be so strict and just pick certain body types and ages. But it's it's yeah, doing it by age has a point to it, but it's not everything. Yeah. Because people develop separate differently. And I was a pretty tiny when I was nine and doing gymnastics in Providence, they put me in the group of six year olds. They didn't really pick up on how old I was. And at, at 11, I think I was like four foot five. And so I don't, I, they probably didn't even know that I was 11. And now I think we should have lied about my age, but 
one. No, you don't want to do that one. But I think the, the biggest problem that you had is that you didn't have enough options to do it. Right. It's, it's very structured. You had to go into this class or this age group or this, which has its point. Yeah. But if you had had more options to try different things and to try different, maybe gym clubs. Um, that, and, and the gym that I was at, it was a half a mile from my house. So what my parents, why are we going to drive you for 20 minutes? Right. It was also like the top. And I found out much later um, that like they were training an elite at that time who was their first elite and she went elite in like three years. So they were probably thinking, oh, we've got our Olympians. So they were probably trying to replicate what that that little bit of success that they'd already had. Well, yeah, the thing is, is that it also once you do it once, I mean, you can't it's 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 hard. It's interesting. You brought up a really good point. So some gyms, the reality of it is you'll have one or two elites. And then some gyms develop that they have a lot of elites because they know the process, right? But once you have one and you just have one, it's a different kind of focus. That kid needs a certain amount of training and attention from the best coaches, the best times in the gym and stuff like that, that you can't build a model around. But right. you know, there are some gyms that, you know, they have the secret sauce to create a lot of kids. and. Yeah. I think one of my frustrations with this whole perception of of age and when to start is is interesting because when I was 11 and in my, then 12 13 14 I did have a lot of fear and I feel like I don't I don't have that fear now so it's, I feel like it's a, it's it's not just an age and aging out of the fearlessness but it's like also like when you're going through puberty you're trying to fit in at school and like for me I had I had moved like six times. Like I start that time by the time I was 11, it was like my sixth school district. And we had lived in like seven different houses. Cause, cause my dad had to try, we had to move a lot because of my dad doing his postdoctoral work at different universities. So, but now I feel like I know myself better. It's so it's ironic that like, I feel like there was only a window of time in my teens where where the fear, the mind, mental factor would have been a disadvantage. And now I have the advantage where I feel like I'm not afraid. I wouldn't be afraid to try because I would, I would know what would work for me and what types of progressions I could do. But now of course, like it's the physiological, like disadvantages. And um, of course the, the time, money, effort, and, and self-supporting, like it was hard when I trained 10 years ago, I was, I was a member, I had to be a member of the parents association to represent myself. I was my own parent. I had to do bingos till 3 a.m. And I had Saturday practices because I was there and like I was supporting the optional teams. I never saw any advantage from any of the, I was a, I was like level four and five, but like I had, I had to do bingos or I had to pay for a substitute. I couldn't opt out of doing the fundraisers. I had to pay $75 for somebody to do my bingo um, obligation for me. And sometimes I chose that and I'm working, driving myself. I had to, I, I would get up. I had to get up at 4am one time to drive myself to a meet because the person I was dating at the time said that he was going to drive me and then didn't tell me to like nine o'clock the night before that he couldn't drive me after all. So it was all these different things that like, yeah, that weren't even like all these different drawbacks that had nothing to do with actually like physical body and potential <laughs> at all. Cause there were all these of like, because there's not a lot of like you and I were talking about how 
if an, if an adult really wanted to, they could, there might be coaches willing to let them train with them, but to do it on your own and find a gym, find a coach to train you privately, would be very, very, very expensive. Yeah. I mean, I, if, when you look at stuff, it's, it's relative. We're talking about gymnastics, but it's the Olympic year. And so there are lots of different Olympic sports. Part of the biggest thing in a lot of the Olympic stuff is people holding on. And this is a big deal. This fact that this Olympics had to be delayed a year put a cringe in most everybody's plans. But a lot of people were like, oh, I can get ready to go to work. I can have a family or I can do something. I mean, this one year, when you're at the elite level and people need to realize this, it is your, it's your body, but it's also your life that's all planned the same way. Your life and your body. So it's a very high level of what your body can do, no matter what your athlete is. But my life was planned around it. Let's be clear. To be honest with you, I didn't have to do a lot of planning, which is why I think people freak out when they retire, because my my life was planned on where this international meet was, where the world championship is going to be. I mean, I used to kind of plan my whole life, you know, they release it. Okay. World championship is going to be Germany. You're going to go to these meets and then you have to train like this. And it's my life went along that way. It did, I didn't plan it to actual, as I got older, even right. And I started going to school and I was doing everything like that, but I mean, everything, like it was easy to say no. Oh, said the day the world championship. No, I won't be around. I'm six weeks before I got to go train. Can't do it. So you didn't have to make a lot of decisions. You didn't, everything was around your sport. So that's why when you talk about being older, starting younger, that's part of it is that do you have the time in your life? If you're a kid and you don't have any responsibilities, you don't have to pay any bills, you're not good. You just got to go to school, which is like relative. Now, uh, homeschool, which I actually don't condone, but kids are doing it now. I personally do think that most athletes have to have a balance. As much as you want to be an elite athlete and you need to do it, you need to have other things in your life. And school is ideal for kids because it's a different structure. As you get older, it's tougher, but you know, um, I mean, I think I'm trying to compare it to other sports. There are people, there are people that compete like this. They're triathletes that compete in their stuff. They, they they do it. I'm not saying this can't be done. Gymnastics is just hard because of the precision of the sport. It's not like, it's not like swimming. It's not like running. It's not like cycling. It's not like this. It's like this and this and this and this and this. It's so specific. So like dance, uh, diving and diving, it can even do it, but even dive, you know, okay, God willing, you're, you're still diving, but you're going in the water. You're not landing on the spring floor. You're not even mats and mats and mats. You're that pounding on your body takes its toll. Mm-hmm. It just does, you know, it, you there are pits, but to compete, boom, da, da, boom. I mean, it's pounding. It's pounding. Do you think that the training methods that you talk about the precision and, and how to train and be strategic in the training plan when you recognize that there's like a certain level of talent in a, in a kid, but what about the mental aspect of like adults or older people just learn things a little, they can learn things a bit more efficiently. What if, what if a coach had like not just one 16 year old in a group of 10 year olds, but all 16 year olds, all starting from the beginning. Do you think maybe that I know that gymnastics has evolved. And so like you were saying in the sixties, people could start at 16 and 17 because 
the level of difficulty was far different. It was more artistic, less power. But do you think it's, it's, we've become used to this, this high level and that we're, that like the elite is, and then let me rephrase that. But like, so if you did have a group of 16 year olds starting from scratch, even if it was just an experiment and a coach just wanted to see what could happen, would it not evolve to the sen- in a sense that you would have to figure out a way to train these 16 year olds differently and maybe not repetition, but a different way? No, you have to train them differently. You do because here's the thing. And then this is, this is real. So, you know, gymnastics on its own, just so you know, is getting older. I think the athlete's going to, oh, Simone, which she was in her first Olympics. Was she 19, right? That was her first Olympics. Okay. So let's, let's, let's call it what it is. She wasn't a preteen. She was almost an adult, but here's the thing. You definitely have to train uh, and, and you have to talk about where you're starting from. And here's a really key thing with gymnastics um, is it's the memory. And, and this part I freaking totally remember to be an elite athlete and you get to the top level at the world champ or the highest level competition it is not you thinking through these skills. It is your body going through what you've been doing all these years. It, that muscle memory is real. The reaction is real. That kind of thing to have ingrained in you is something. And, and you have to build gymnastics as a progressive sport. You have to build so many layers because you're doing so many kind of different things, right? You got to be upside down. You got to go this. You got to be flexible. Then you got to be strong. You got to be fast. And you got to be slow. You got to show the thing. It's like, there's like a lot of elements. It's not one. So you, the training is never linear. So when you're starting, when you're young and you're doing all this stuff, a lot of it is to train your body to be at a certain point. And that takes years. Mm-hmm. There's just no way around it. It takes years to do it. You, you can cut it down for a little bit and you can, there's all training, you know, there's Pilates and there's this and there's, there's all kinds of yoga. I mean, there's less things you can do differently, but there's something that I seriously, I, I did ballet. I had to go back to ballet when I moved to New York and I trained with one of the best ballet teachers in, in the city. I mean, I was with in the same ballet class, people from American Ballet Theater, New York City Ballet. I was taking that same class and it was the same five days a week. Oi, oi, same, same. And my teacher, her name was Maggie Black, was so specific because they liked going to her because she wasn't hard. Like people got injured. She would keep people's careers long, right? That was her thing. But with me, which she knew it so well, I asked her to coach me once. I'm like, I got to go to a meet. Can you see my routine? And she did it once and she could, she could just, she knew movement, right? But there's something to the repetition of sports like gymnastics and dance that just take years to get into your body. So you can't skip around that. So that being said, you just can't. You can't do the elements without it. You can shave off a lot of time, but those kids that and start young, and I can say in my team, some of my teammates were younger when they started because when Zena came to Detroit, we are all switched from artistic gymnastics, right? Because she was like the thing. So we were all flipping like crazy. She's like, I take you and you and you and you. So <laughs> we switched. And so my teammates who were younger were more flexible and it stayed with them and it benefited them. Mm-hmm. I just was not able to get, I was strong as I could be. I was zippy fast. I had a lot of other, you know, things going for me. But that flexibility, that, in, that level of flexibility, I never was able to achieve. And I think that's because of the age when I started. I know a lot of people, even on the podcast, 
always ask like, why do you, why is it so important to you? Or like, why is it all about like the elite level? And I, I think I finally understand like talking to you and other things. It's, it's not so much like, it's not like I'm somebody who came close to being an elite and then just whatever happened. But I think the thing I always like think about whether I could have, or could still be an elite is that it was, it was, I had it so nicely in my head and now I just like lost. (laughs) Why am I going to start something or why am I going to do something? If you've already told me that a certain thing is impossible for me. Like, I don't know if, if coaches or gyms really understand like what that does to somebody like in order to like, if you, even if I never had the potential to be an elite, like let's just say the whatever baseline talent I had at age five or nine, when some when somebody is trying to do something and they've already been told like don't bother like even dreaming about being this, like how I think that changes how somebody trains in the sport. And I, I think you're you're saying something that's a little different. It's it's really different. I mean, to be honest with you. I, I, it wasn't necessarily a response to what you were saying. So yeah, it's not. No, no, no. no. But you're saying something very important. It's like, what are you telling kids? Because to be honest with you, we all are achieving for the things. I mean, you take a lot of people that everybody's talking about they want to be the Olymp- uh, on the Olympic thing. Uh, you kind of know whether you're going to do that or not. And am I going to tell them they're not going to do that one? That's the strive. That's the elite level that you want to go to. So all of us working towards that way is not a thing. Not saying you're not going to use I know a lot of people, I don't always tell everybody they're not going to do it, but it's because it's the pinnacle of what you want to try to do. So to have that as an example is fine. If you're saying, I don't know, I don't know a lot of people that want to go around squinching people's, uh, you know, dreams and stuff like that, like you'll never do it or things like that. I don't know the reason for doing it. I'm always the reason of if you like doing what you're doing, then you should do it. I mean, seriously, and, and you keep doing it. It doesn't really matter so much if I say, well, I, I highly doubt and I, I train, a, you know, I see a lot of kids that are working really hard and I kind of doubt that it would ever happen but they're achieving. That's the purpose. I mean, I, there are so many people, I didn't make an Olympic team. I mean, people always come to me, oh, oh, you're Olympian. I'm like, let's be clear. I, I get so tired of telling it, but I did not make the Olympic team. Only two people made the Olympic team the year that I was doing for rhythmic gymnastics. There are only like 500 and some people, Americans that make every Olympic team. It is like a really super, super elite club. And they need to be, a, you know, they made that goal. Did I want to try it? Yes. Was I devastated? I was pretty upset, but I, to be honest with you, I was like, okay. I, 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 here's the thing that people don't get. When you're at a really high level and all of us are there and we know that we're doing it, you kind of know what's happening, who's going to be going there. You're like, okay, yes, they need it. I'm not going to be crying in my soup when it wasn't in there for me. I was like, you can't get there without the other people. And I, I think it's kind of hard for people that are not on the top level to understand yeah. that as tough as it is and and we respect, here's the thing that is nice about the elite level stuff because we all respect each other because we got to a certain level, right? But we all know it, it was one injury, it was one brain fart, it was one drop, it was one fall, it was one thing from not, it not happening. Let's be clear. It was one, maybe two, three, but it's not a lot, right? So when you live your life on that part, 
you can try to do everything you want to do. The, asking people when you can do it or why you can or not is not really the point because right. you're doing it and they're not doing it. Now, if you need professionals to get you where you're going, there's a point to that. But there's, and that's the one thing why gymnastics is very hard because it is, you have to have two people. You can't be like a marathon runner and just, I'm going to go train and I'm going to do 26 miles a day. I'm going to do, you know, you just can't do it on your own. Even they have coaches, but gymnasts for sure have to have like really specific coaches to take you along the way. That's why it's hard to say, you know, how do you do it elite? That part of it is real too. Who your coach is, you, you don't have control over that all the time. Yikes. You don't. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> and that you get along with other coaches. Oh my gosh. But it's part of the thing. That's why I said if you got to be coachable, people that aren't coachable, parents don't get this part. If your kid is not coachable, fall, get it. I don't care how talented or how hard you work. If you can't tell directions, I'm like, I can't do nothing with you. Yeah. And that's why it's really impressive when you see these kids. It's everyone thinks it went too far and there's a part of that and kids get older, but being coachable is um is a is a big part of it. Um yeah, I just think to going back to what I said earlier, you're right. It's not necessarily like it has to be you have to be doing it or I have to be doing it knowing that this goal is possible. It's more like you know, the older you get in gymnastics, like for a lot of gyms, the less likely they are to want to like make time for you. A lot of adult gymnasts struggle to even like get into the gym or to find time. That's, to- that's the system. And you have to look at that's the system and you can't control that, but you can't. Here's the thing. And that's why I do what I do. But you have to find other places to do it because you're in a system that is built on making money off of young people to support keep its lights on. Let's be clear. I, I know the system. I mean, I, I, I we kind of run our foundation classes based on the gym school model, but not totally, right? But that, so you can't, that is being here in America. It's not how it is in a lot of other countries. They have these, you know, gym clubs that people go do gymnastics when they're however old they are. I mean, seriously, this is where you got to go. My friend Toby Towson, Bestie, go to the Gymnastrata. That's where you need to go. He told me he's been doing Gymnastrata for, I don't know, the last 10 or 20 years. He told Wendy, it's the Mecca of gymnastics. That's because, he's like the Mecca. That's because people are doing gymnastics of all ages. It's kind of performance gymnastics. It's not elite gymnastics, but it is gymnastics in its true form. And everybody's doing it. So I see what you're saying by you want to be elite. You want to train a certain way. Which is fine. It's just, it's not, it's not easy. I'm not going to say anything. And, and I would say, I would say this much is that you think, is it, I didn't have the opportunity. There's so many other things that, that weren't even part of your journey that would have easily prevented you from becoming a gymnast. Oh yeah, of course. Of course. Like a gazazzle of things. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just knowing that like most other things that I strive towards, I was able to at least be satisfied with the outcome. And like in gymnastics, I just was never able to like, in my mind, like do it enough to really see there were, cause even like doing it as a working adult, there were so many like factors that. I would say this much. I think you were trying to do something that is like going against the grain. You have, you have to do gymnastics and you have to do gymnastics 
here's the really important thing. And this is an interesting thing that I'm hearing this constant thing. I want to be elite gymnast. I want to do this. You have to want to do gymnastics no matter what your level or where you're getting. You have to want to do the gymnastics for the gymnastics sake itself. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, it's really hard to be. I, I, just, I, I don't think I came into gymnastics like thinking I want. Everyone says you want to be Olympian or you want to do something like this. You want to do that one. But I don't think that was my first. I just needed to flip. I needed to flip. I need to flip everywhere. I had to flip. I had to flip. I had to flip. take me to flip. And so you have to manage that expectation. That's what you expectation. But because the structure, how it's set up, you can't be trying to fit yourself a round peg into a square hole. Right. right. It is. It's going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and you have to find another way to learn. I mean, seriously, there's gymnastics takes so much. Gymnastics takes so many things and there's so many things you're doing half the ballet classes that you're in. I mean, I went, I said, I, I always, I tell my mother, she, I was like you, when I was like, you know, do ballet, gymnastics, whatever. And she put me in ballet and I was like, I'm not doing the show this year. So I'm quitting. And I was, <laughs> like, I was like seven years old. And then I went to gymnastics and my coach is Zena, Vindy, you must do ballet. I'm like, dang, <laughs> five, six years of ballet behind me. I'd be like, woohoo in gymnastics. And then I had to go back and do it in New York and it was hard, but I was like, you know what I'm saying? I had to backtrack. I missed that opportunity. If I had been doing ballet for like them five years before I really got into gymnastics, I would have been sensational, you know, but. Well, an interesting point. And I don't even remember. It's been so long. I don't know if I went into gymnastics knowing I wanted to be an elite level. It's more my ability to do gymnastics and really like learn it in a linear way was just like limited so early in it that I think it was easy to just get stuck on the ideal outcome that I would never have been that just became an impossibility. But of course, like you said, there might've been a million other things that derailed that from happening because it is so random. And so, yeah, even now, like I don't, Elite is always something like I think about because I love elite gymnastics and watching it. But again, it all goes back to, I just, I would love to be able to train 10, 20 hours. Like to me, that that is always something I wanted just to see, because I was always somebody, even 10 years ago, I loved, tra- I loved the competition, but I also loved like just being in the gym. Yeah. Uh, there's something just very meditative about athletic movement where you just, your head doesn't think about work or anything else anymore. So that's why kids can do it. And adults don't, because you have to think about other stuff. I got you. I got you. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I mean, you can spend all your time doing it, but then this is the other thing that is the key between elite athletes and wanting to train and do that one is, can you hit that day? Let me tell you, you can train and be fabulous, crazy, but all of us know people that choke. I'm sorry, <laughs> really well-trained and can't handle the, the pressure of competition. And there are some people who are steely mind, want to be and can't perform when they want to. I mean, that's a whole nother thing. And that has not as much to do with being in the gym as not. It's their makeup. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's yeah, it's, it's a Simone Biles kind of thing. My girl can focus like, I mean, gymnastics teaches you that. But on her level, her level of consistency, Michael Phelps, could, there's some people that can just like, yikesy, do that kind of focus. Right. And 
yeah, it's taught, but it's also a gift as well. It is a talent. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so let's keep going. I love this conversation, but I did, I've got to run. I'm happy to uh, join you more. I'm sorry we got to do a part two, but I've got so much going on. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for me. I, I really appreciate you um, talking to me and like <laughs> taking the time to entertain my like what if scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You know, I'm all about love and gymnastics, but it, it gave me a lot of, of, of food for thought as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Better Late. If you have suggestions for questions that I can ask Wendy about this topic in a potential part two of this episode, let me know. You can find me on Instagram at betterlategym.